With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Peace to the gods. You already know, man. Yo, yo. Bohemian wizardry, you fraud them be killing me, the enemy is close, we both lies on our identity, I feel like he who stepped, architect like M. Hotep, son had the son himself, the guard deadly with the art, I fit dark, with a slit heart, you can feel it in your bone marrow before the shit starts, standing in the cold with a scroll that was written in gold, behold the old glimpse that was never untold, infinite like the eight, seven, dwelling in your melon, no felon, though the unrighteous say that I'm rebellious, I'm primal, my rhyme suicidal, I worship no idols, my style of the gems going down in a spiral, when you stuck in your root, my intelligence passed my cool. The God is the truth. Every time I step in the booth, you stepped on the stoop. Got scooped and swooped in my loop. Do the knowledge, whack them seeds, get slayed like blue. It was the son of a saw, a gift from the gods. Who rules flying through the sky with golden wings. Submerged into the light. Not everybody go to king with the scepter of justice. Melanin cultivating she until we are ethereans. Finally becoming one with the righteous sun. So law, souls are raw. Magnificent glow with unconditional love. Scattered rays for days from the heavens above. So below the souls just trapped in the lowest depths of hell. Incarnated into 76 trillion cells. To break free, we must be refined. Masculine and feminine properties combined. The devil is the author of confusion. 183,000 divisions. Denominations has post-schisms and isms Though isn't it written in the Bible that Jesus spoke in parables The scriptures and gospels aren't just historical Many passages weren't meant to be taken literal Most of it is allegorical based on esoteric principles Baptist versus Methodist Pentecostal holiness versus Jehovah Witness Mormons versus Seven-day Advances Skeptics, atheists, and agnostics Divine and constant tactics of the reptilians Lower fourth dimensional aliens So beware of the draconian Satanists Though they aim to imprison all true beings through ignorance So we crush the head of Leviathan Battle my control tonight, so I hope that everything is all right with you and yours, and with everybody, this is Dr., I mean, this is, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry, this is uh, uh, Professor uh, 
Brother uh, uh, Fahim, Tumnakul Veteran L. Bay, and I'll be your host for tonight. And the topic will be about the history of indigenous people, Moors, and a lot of the things that's going on that uh, certain brothers, a lot of dissension among the Moors, divine national movement. People saying a lot of things about everybody. People castigating uh, the black uh, the black power movement, uh, Moors in the divine national movement castigating against other Moors in the Moors divine national movement. You know, nobody seems to be agreeing on nothing. You know, but a lot of bickering and what they call debating and all this other negative and uh, counterproductive activity. Uh, I'm hearing a lot of talk about people talking uh, about Taj Tariq Bay. He shouldn't be a grand sheik and and all this. Well, the man is a grand sheik. The man is a more grand sheik than a lot of most of us that are out here. He was one of the pioneers along with H.L. Hakeem Bay, Sister uh, Valera, L. Bay, and all other brothers that they had brought forth uh, this Moorish Divine National Movement back on the front burner. Because for a while during the 60s and 50s and 60s, and even the early 70s, and even the 70s and the 80s, the, the Moorish Divine National Movement really took a back seat and was really quiet until the 90s when it started reemerging again. Now, like I said before, now it's back on the front burner. A lot of us, uh, some of us may not agree with that, but, you know, what the hell. You know, we got a lot of people talking about uh, he shouldn't be, he should have got, uh, Todd should have got permission from the uh, from, from some temple. He don't need no, uh, no permission from any temple. You know, you got a lot of people talking about uh, the real Moors uh, are in the temples and uh, this and that. You know, well, the thing is, these are ones that still don't know what they are talking about. Because you don't have to be, as I said before, as I, I think I said it before, you don't have to be a member of the Moor Science Temple to be a Moor. You are Moor by birth. That is your birthright. You know, you are born a Moor. There's no such thing of join the temple and then you become a Moor. That's a bunch of nonsense. And I hope that a lot of people have enough sense not to listen to that mess. You know, so uh, you've got a lot of people... Uh, mm, I mean, man, you know, they're, they're just mad at each other, making a lot of false accusations. You know, uh, we had one brother, uh, this one brother building what, what they call the Moorish World TV. I'm not going to say any names, you know, but you, you know what I'm talking about. You know, talking about uh, the, uh, uh, the, uh, the right to travel fraud. The right to travel is not a fraud. You know, if you if you study enough uh, and read a lot of things about the right to travel, you would know it's not a fraud. 
how it is a fraud to have the right to travel on your own land. If you are Aboriginal indigenous to this land, how is it a fraud? As I explained as I explained it before, you have a right to travel and you have a privilege to drive. Those of you more in the Moore Science Temple are talking about you've got a driver's license, you have a privilege, not a right. You have a privilege to drive. That means it can be given or taken away from you at any given time. A lot of you definitely got things twisted, got things, a lot of things ass backwards. And think and really believe you know what you're talking about, but you don't. Talking about you got driver's license, you're getting permission from the European powers that overthrew your government. You talking about you pay taxes and you never paid any taxes, brothers and sisters. I'm sorry. Because you never made any money. There is no money for you to pay that able you to pay taxes. So how are you paying taxes? There is no money. No. So, I mean, I need to cut out with all the nonsense and start really listening to what the, the Moors Divine National Movement dealing with civics and law. They ought to study those uh, instead of being in them churches, what, I, what they call temples. I've been to them, and I can tell you from my own experience, it's like going to church. Some of them have more hallelujah and all that stuff more than the church does. And that ain't no joke. And you got a lot of people in, in these calling it pan-Africanist movements, you know, uh, saying that, you know, one brother, I think in southern Florida, name is Brother Hassan. You know, he's saying that, you know, Haiti is an independent nation and all of that, you know. Well, yeah, but, it's, it's, but he said it's an African nation. Wrong. Negative. It is not an African nation. It has nothing to do with Africa. You have... North America, Central America, South America, and the adjoining islands. Haiti is one of those adjoining islands of the Americas. Haiti is American, or you can say Moroccan. I know there are a lot of you don't believe that. You believe Morocco, uh, you're talking about the Morocco over there <clears throat> across the Atlantic which is the Moroccan kingdom. Okay, I cannot change your mind on that. What you want to believe, okay, you know, I'll let, let you do what you do. But the Moroccan empire is here. You have too much, too many, more than overwhelmingly evidence that it, that it is so. Just because you think you're calling yourself a Pan-Africanist, Brother Hassan, and you think that you're an African, well, tell me, what part of, uh, what country from Africa are you from? 
on what language do you speak? What tribal nation do you belong to in that African country? Because there's no such thing as being in any of these African countries and not belonging to a tribe. No such thing. You always use the term black Africans. The people from any of these African countries never identify themselves with that. They never identify themselves as being black Africans. They identify themselves like, I'm Kenyan, I'm Ugandan, I am Gambian, I am Namibian, I'm from Soweto, I am from Botswana. And they tell you, and they identify themselves with that nation of that country and the language that they speak. Are you any of those? I'm just this question I'm just putting out there, you know, trying to make wake you up and see how much you don't know what you're talking about. Talking about those that call themselves Moors. Uh, they don't have no land over here. You know, the European took it over. You know, oh, yeah, really? Did you hear about the uh, the United Washita Dita the Monday Moor Empire? When the Empress, Peace Pia Porter, Empress Gustav Viriachi, T.R.L. Bay, when she won, she won in court the land back, which is over 68,000 acres of land from the Gulf of Mexico all the way through Canada. You don't believe it? Check it out. Look it up. Spain did not, did not, uh, did not spend, did not pay for that, for that land because the, the money that they paid for it was lost at the bottom. It was drowned in the Atlantic. It's in the bottom of the Atlantic. So they never really paid for that land. But tell me what treaties have you signed or what treaties have you made? We have treaties. The United Washington does. We are recognized as the oldest indigenous group of people on the world, in the world, on earth. The oldest. Not one of the oldest, the oldest. Look it up. Let's get a lot of you people around here bashing moors. I call it moor bashing. Don't know that you are moors yourself. I'm saying that the Indians are the original people. They came from the Bering Straits, and then years later, the European came here, and they mixed with them, never with us. Boy, are you dumb. Boy, how much you didn't do your homework. Let me read something to you here. It's dealing with the book called The History of of the African Omex, 
so-called black civilizations of America from prehistoric times to the present era by Paul Alfred Borden. Okay. It says here, were so-called blacks in the Americas before the Mongoloid invasion? I'm going to read this again because you, you claim that they were first here. Okay. It says here, when so-called blacks in the Americas before the Mongoloid Mongo- Lord Invasion has a question mark. Okay, it said the above question has already been answered. So-called blacks were in the Americas before the evolution of the Mongoloid type. From the original Homo sapien Negroid type who entered Asia over 100,000 years ago. So-called blacks were in the Americas where no other racial group existed. And these blacks, according to solid, according to solid, according to solid evidence, were in the Americas as early as 70,000 years before the present. The Gladwin thesis clearly explains in Man of Asia that at least four groups of people migrated to the Americas in very ancient times. These were the so-called black pygmoids, the so-called black astroloids, astroloids, and the so-called Negroid types from Africa and Southeast Asia, and the ancestors of the Algonquins whose pottery style connect them to the region close to Japan. The Eskimos are the last group of people to migrate to the Americas. The astroloids who includes the Australian Aboriginals, the Veda and the Munda of India, and the Mahra of southern Saudi Arabia are all members of the so-called black race. The reason why you so-called, as you always talking about black this, black that, a lot of you are Pan-Africanists always talking about black this, black that, you know, you're not Moors and all this kind of crazy mess. And that goes for a lot of you sisters and brothers that, that are in these tribes all across the Americas as well. Talking about you're not Moors. Well, how, well, well I'm going to get back to that later. I'm going to keep on reading this here. Okay, it has here. Okay. These groups are as Negroid as, as any other branch of the so-called black race, including the pygmoid types. In fact, remnants of this branch of the black race continue to exist in parts of Africa. The Tubu are an example. In India, a significant number of people belong to this branch of the black race, both of Australian Aboriginals and the Cushitic so-called Negroid types of South Asia was once spread throughout the tropical belt of the earth and existed with so-called blacks of the kinky hair type. So you saying that uh, we all came from Africa, we all came from ships, and you made a stupid notion about uh, when the question comes about the ship, ships, how can we, no one can find any of the slave ships that it's supposed the borders over on. You made this a stupid notion that well they could have been sold. They could have been uh, you know uh, 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 recommissioned into battleships. 
You know, well, if they were sold or recommissioned the battleships, to whom? You mean tell me you can show me a pyramid that's supposed to be in Egypt over 5,000 years, but you can't show me a slave ship for 400 years? Come on, man. What kind of mess is that? Talking about, okay, you're Pan-Africanist. You're a black Pan-Africanist. You know, the people from different African countries don't even call themselves Pan-Africanists. That is, because they know that is another social, artificial construct. So you're saying that we all came from Africa, and we're not, we are not indigenous to this land. Go find a book, A History of the African Omex, Black Civilization of America from Prehistoric Times to the Present Era, the author name, again, I say, is Paul Alfred Barton. Paul Alfred Barton. Check it out. Because when you make those, when uh, people like you make those statements, that shows me and tells me that you don't know who you are. And it tells the world that you don't know who you are. Pan-Africanist, okay, but what country are you from, brother? You're saying that Haiti is an African country, no, our African nation. No, it is not. And plus, your national language is French. Huh? Ask me, am I lying? So, okay, uh, uh, the, the, the United Washington Dito de Mandia was uh, for, uh, uh, both have been around for over uh, 100,000 years. And we also descended from the Omex. You said something about the Omex. The Omex uh, could resemble some Asian people. You look at the head, you said it yourself that you never really dealt with the Omex. You never really uh, did any study on, on the Omex. But you're making all these ignorant-ass statements like the rest of these so-called uh, pan, black Pan-Africanists. Y'all really need to cut out the nonsense. When have a lot of these people, any of these African countries, come to rescue, or made any attempt to come over to rescue you? When you were in bondage. You hear any lot of these West African countries or whatnot ever... Go to the U.N. on your behalf. No, you haven't. Says here. Apart from, apart from all the evidence which clearly shows that there was an ancient African presence in, in the Americas, trade 
trade between the so-called American Indians and West Africans and the settlement in America's in America by Africans who contributed to the building of the very first civilizations in the Americas. Huh? Huh? Many anthropologists believe that some of the prehistoric and most ancient inhabitants of the Americas were of African origins. Huh? Come on, talk to me. Find such finds such as Pico's River, skulls, still inconclusive as as to their origin. Presence of people such as the Washita Nation. The Washita another uh, another word for pronouncing Washita, who once owned parts of Texas, Louisiana, Oklahoma, Arkansas, and Mississippi. The first so called black Californians of Queen Calafia fame who were the Aboriginal and Indigenous so called black population of California and the Southwest. The Garifunas, known as Black Caribs of Central America and the Caribbean region, clearly makes it factual that the Americas was populated extensively by so-called blacks, and their lands were not only stolen from them, but they were made slaves based on the edict of a revolution of a religious leader, as well as misinterpreted from the Christian Bible. I mean, as the myth dealing with the uh, with the some with the some curse on so-called blacks deliberately misinterpreted from the Christian Bible. I'm sorry about that. Furthermore, these blacks, the ancestors of the African Americans, West Indians, Caribbean so-called blacks, and blacks of the Americas are part of the worldwide spread settlement of blacks in ancient times. These blacks, like those of southern China, India, the Philippines, Indonesia, the South Pacific, Melanesia, Africa, and the world, over are all parts of the same family blood relations. Have you ever read or studied anything of uh, this literature I, I just read to you? And I'm not talking about just, uh, uh, to Brother Hassan. I'm talking about to all of you. Tariq Nasheed, uh, Brother Umar Johnson. Come on. You're talking about the slave trade. Let me ask you, who were the first slaves? The slaves, as uh, exclusively, uh, or 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 just uh, the slave trade only uh, involves just uh, so-called black people. Think about the so-called Atlantic slave trade, the slave trade, or whatever, or what have you. Uh, you, you think about so-called black people. But I'm here to tell you, the first slaves over in this country were Irish for the British Isles, called the United Kingdom now. Just trying to make you think.
Now you you, you said that you know uh, you've been around, uh, you've been all certain areas and parts of the world and everything, but then you should know better. You should know better, brother. You should know better that people around the world do not identify themselves with their color. You should know that. But you calling uh, Haiti a pan-Africanist country, which it is not. It is of the Americas. So we don't have no land. We don't. Yes, we do. We do have land, my good brother. Give you a little history on the Washita. The Washita, the Washita Nation of Moors, a historical synopsis. Peru, Mexico, Isabella, now Cuba, because Cuba used to be known as Isabella. Peru, Mexico, USA, Canada, and Alaska are Europeans' inventions, which comprises the land of the cultured Moors. The descendants from the ancient Amuru nation, one of the ancient names of America, Amuru, okay? The Amuru Washitas, Moors, the fathers of civilization began on the great the great island empire of Mu, Lemuria, one about 8,000 years ago, a natural catastrophe overwhelmed that ancient motherland. Some of the survivors made their way to what was since become known as North, Central, and South Mexico, now known as America. But you, you, a lot of you claim that you're Africans. Let me, let me tell you this. When they were uh, connected together at what was called Pangea, this was Africa before the Great Drift. So a lot of us was already here long before the so-called American Indian. Oh, yeah, and by the way, a lot of you so-called American Indians, I hope you're listening to this also. Because I've seen one program where you were trying to uh, fit your face in one of the Omexes, uh, uh, trying to make, make, make yourself look, look like Omex. No, damn well, you don't favor them Omex faces on them, on those stone sculptures. Come on, cut it out. Uh, two or three of them have have uh, sculptures uh, that have uh, with their hair showing their hair, woolly frizzle hair. Knowing good and well, you don't have hair like that. Come on, man, cut out the nonsense, man. Cut out the foolishness. Let me continue. The Washita Nation of Moors and indigenous peoples of North America. The Oshita, otherwise known as the Olmec, have been originally associated with the Washita. According to the Washita, 
had been the primary group of a more general population of indigenous peoples identified in history as Amuru, the Moors, M-U-U-R-S. Those are one of the ancient names of the word Moor. No, it is not a nickname. I'm sorry. And it, and it is a, the name of a nation of people. Known as the Spanish and the French, the Washita have come to be known to the English as Adena, Hope William people, identified with Punic Iberian affinity, maintaining an Andalusian Carthaginian heritage. As such, the Washita have been associated with the Eastern Algonquin Native Americans having acquired an ancient Egyptian as well as Punic script and vocabulary as they have appeared in an epigraphic record of North America. Yeah, a lot of you, I'd advise you to get the book, The First World Order. It's a very educational book. Uh, every, especially uh, us, us that are involved in the most divine national movement, should have this book in their library. It's the First World Order. Uh, there's a title called The First World Order, and uh, The Global Past of the Ancient Ones. It says the researcher Asuru Alim Nutapak El Bay. Name Asaru, I'm sorry, Asaru Alim Nutapak El Bay. You can find it online. I don't know what it's exactly what it's running for now, but he still has it on sale. Get this book. See, uh, uh, you're saying that we don't have land. Yes, we do have land, Bubba. Like I said, the Empress won the case. She won the case. Although they still haven't gave us the land as of yet, but the fact is that she won the case. If we are not indigenous to this land, how in the hell have we won our land back? How in the hell did we win any land in, in, in this country if we are not aboriginal or indigenous to this country? And this is recorded document. This has been documented. This is documented history, brother. It's in the Library of Congress. Do your homework. Study. Check it out. And as I said it before, as I said it a thousand times, the United Washington D. the Mundia Moore Empire is recognized by 144 nations across the world. And that's a fact, Jack. It's a fact. We have a lot of our people, other different nations, all tribal nations. You have the Gula Geechee tribe. You have the Muscogee tribal nation, or the Muscogee nation.
we have something about them. Hold on for a minute. It says in the book, Reminiscences of the Creek or Muscogee Indians by Thomas S. Woodward for Louisiana. It goes to describe the Yamasees or the Yamasees as the reminiscences. I think he, the Yamasees are right from memory in the middle and west and eastern portions of Florida and says they were occupying the country when the Creeks came. He describes the Yamasees or Yamasees as having dark skins, coarse hair, thick lips, and flat feet, and as having inferior implements of war to the Creeks. The Yamasee Yamas are direct descendant of the Olmecs through the Washita Moors. The Yamasee Moors resided in Georgia on the Omogi River near Macon, Georgia, and were early Yamasee mounds were discovered and were the mother nation of the Creeks, Seminoles, Choctaws, Chickasaws, Cherokees, Cautabas, and Appalachians. Many of our ancestors were not missionate with other ethnic groups and remain pure-blooded so-called black indigenous Americans. The Moors called the name Yamasee or Yamasee or Yamasee Yamasee for the Arabic Yamisa, which means they are anointed. Were one group. The Yamasee Moors Israel, Yamasee, or direct descendants of the Moors, Israel, Kamashian, Egyptian, or Omecs, through the Washita Muslim Moors. The Yamasee lived, or Yamasee lived in Georgia on the Okmogee River near Macon, Georgia, and where early Yamasee primordial mounds were discovered. The Yamasee and Saragi, Cherokee, ancient name for Cherokee, are the mother nation of the Creeks, Seminoles, Appalachian, Choctaw, Choctaw meaning dark chocolate complexion people, if you want to know. Chickasaw and Cartabas, Cartabas. In 1715, the Yamasee rose in rebellion against the English and allied with some of the Yamasee Creeks, migrated to what is now known as Savannah, Georgia, and became outlaws under the tribal name of Yamakra. Remnants of these nations band together to create and a confederate, a confederate alliance. These newly formed tribes of Kosa, or uh, what you call uh, Kusa, Jawan, and Congaree are known as Kautabas. The Kautabas spoke a dialect of the ancient Kushite language, which was bits and pieces of the original. Kamashian or Egyptian or Omec, African language. The Kautabas lived in South Carolina. After the Yamasee uprising, our indigenous power began to slow, slowly collapsed in Georgia, South Carolina, and Alabama. In 1715, the Yamasee rebelled against Britain and allied with Spain. The Yamasee, Kusa, Chowan, and Congaree band together to form the Kautabas. The Kautabas spoke a dialect of the ancient Kushite language, which was related to the Olmec, Afrakam tongue. The Kautabas lived in South Carolina and were the enemies of the Shawnee and Iroquois, 
who were tribes that had mixed with the French. Other Contrabas members joined the Alabama Creeks and mixed with the Spaniards. See, some of them had mixed with different Europeans from different European nations. That's why you see uh, a lot of our tribes are bleached out now. That's why the head of the uh, Cherokee tribe now looks purely like he's European. Not to say, at least, uh, a lot of these $5 Indians, these Europeans, have bought their way into a lot of our nations, our nation tribes. They are not the original uh, Yamasee, uh, Cherokee, and Choctaws. They are not. Okay. Okay, some of these Yamasee Creeks, Muskogees, migrated to what is now known as Savannah, Georgia, and become outlaws under the tribal name and Yamacraw. Many of the Yamasee Moors escaped to Florida, where they joined African Moorish POW runaways to form what would later be called the Seminole meaning runaways. You can go to different museums. You can go to uh, books like the First World Order. You can go, I mean, you can, uh, they, they have pictures. Up of, uh, of a lot of our people in indigenous American garb. As far back as the 19th century. century was the first uh, middle of the 19th century was the first uh, when they first started developing photography. And for the picture drawings of, the, of, of our ancestors, you can, go back, you, can go, you can go broad back probably as far back as the 14th or 13th century. all over the world. Okay, more on the Yamasee, or the Seminoles. The Seminole moves from yesteryears and today. Other tribes, which came from the Union were the Oconee and the Hichiti, which mixed in with the creeks of the Pensacola and Tallahassee, Florida areas. The Seminoles was the only tribe of the five civilized tribes at that time that opposed slavery. Therefore, the U.S. Army persecuted the Seminoles. The Seminoles realized that the people who were being sold into to slave, to, to slavery was a faction of them. In other words, the, their relatives. The Seminoles remained in Texas and Mexico and moved out into Oklahoma, Idaho, mixing in with Blackfoot. Comanche, Kiowa, Apache, Mandan, Omaha, Osage, Pawnee, Arikara, and the closest relatives of the Wachita, Wichita, which they are the various so-called Indian tribes today that will admit to their uh, black ancestry. The Hopis, the Hofakan, Apache, Aztec, Zuni, Nez, Percy, Miami, 
Blackfoot, Kalkaba, Seminole, all possess knowledge of their black ancestry. What's more important is not the feelings concerning the indigenous people, but more to the, uh, the truthful data and the validity and the acceptance of that data. Tribes like Hopi, Aztec, Apache, Pueblo, Seminole, Creek, Transacora, Sacrahana have oral traditions and documents in their possession that tells of the of the stories of the uh, so-called black gods who gave birth to them. In fact, the Hopi, the Book of the States, that was that's the title of the book. And in fact, the Hopi, the uh, Book of the Stars, that was given to them by Moors, tells that when the four when their when the forefathers blacks reclaim their throne, the black and the red nations will join together and remove the whites. But a lot of a lot of people would discount this information. You know. Some of them are just hard headed, some are you know, just plain ignorant, just know as they want to be, gonna stay ignorant. Stuck on stupid and parked on dumb. The those that are agents, you know. It says here, in the 15th century, all of this changed. The other European clans arrived for the first time. Spaniards, French, British, Italians, and Portuguese. The Europeans mixed in with many of our ancestors and they produce even more stocks that they have slowly disappeared. Today you will find so-called white Native American tribes. The Washa, Washita, the mound builders mixed with the Malian Moors of Africa, who had also come over. The result of the mixing with the tribe, with the tribe of the pure-blooded black Native Americans called Yamasee. The Yamasee resided in Georgia and were the brother tribe of all dark southeastern and eastern tribes along the Washita, the Yamasee of Georgia, South Carolina, Alabama, which is Alibaba, is Alabama's original name. <coughs> I'm going to say that again. Alabama, Alabama, the state of Alabama name is Alibaba. That is, a, that is the original name or its indigenous name for the Most High Father, what it means. It means for the Most High Father. And the Northern Florida region, who had an important pre-Columbian kingdom in the eastern U.S., fell victim to Spanish, British, and Anglo-American enslavement. Their lands were taken and they were enslaved, hence millions of so-called blacks from California to Florida are descended from the blacks Africans who were in North America before Columbus and all lands from California to Florida and as North as Canada. With the exception of the Treaty of Friendship, and peace between the United States and the Moroccan, the treaties between Washington Moors and the so-called Indians of the Americas are the only 
unknown treaties in existence or unbroken treaties in existence on American soil. Read that again. Read this again. With the exception of the Treaty of of friendship and peace between the United States and the Moorocken or Morocco, the treaties between the Washita Moors and the so-called Indians of the Americas are the only unbroken treaties in existence on American soil. All treaties with post-enslavement America have been broken. 371 treaties to be exact. 371 treaties have been broken, except this one. Now, you're talking about the Treaty of Peace and Friendship. Okay. It said, had a peace, of tri- uh, peace and friendship with Morocco. Well, that's way over there in North Africa. Well, the thing is about that, brother and sisters, uh, Morocco, over the, what you're talking about, was actually called Morocco at the time. And another thing, it wasn't a sovereign nation at the time. It was under servitude by another foreign power. And see, countries that under servitude under, under another foreign power cannot make treaties. So, which Morocco were they talking about? Who were they talking about then? A lot of you seen YouTube about Hillary Clinton and President Obama, when they celebrate gay ceremonies about the peace and uh, friendship between Morocco and the United States, Morocco re- recognized the United States Corporation or Company as a nation. Hillary Clinton was saying that uh, Morocco, uh, Moroccans have been here since the beginning. Has been here since the beginning. Well, Moroccans from Africa, one of hardly no Moroccans from Africa are hardly over here at that time. So who who was she talking about? The Morocco over there wasn't a, a sovereign nation at the time and cannot have treaties. So who was she talking about? The Moroccan flags you saw on the uh, YouTube video, you see President Obama and Michelle Obama was walking on the carpet, red carpet, with two, with some sentries standing beside them. On each side of them were the Moroccan flags. Well, a lot of you will say those flags are from the Moroccan over there, over the Moroccan kingdom, over there in Africa. Well, we had that flag over here thousands of years ago before that flag flew in Morocco. We've been had that flag for 10,000 years. The Morocco over in Africa didn't, didn't really fly that flag until 1956, when it won its independence. 
So you have to think. And you have to know someone's been lied to. Or some don't understand that someone don't really understand or don't study real history. Or don't study occult history, which is real history. Like I said, just trying to make you think. Like uh, Brother Dave Colloway says on his program on YouTube. Okay. Says here the Washo, Washita, the mound builders mixed with the Malian Moors of Africa who had also come over. The result of the mixing was a tribe of pure-blooded black Native Americans called the Yamasee. Okay, I read it already. I'm sorry. Go down here, further down. Okay. Okay. Said so this information about the so-called blacks being so-called Indians as is is even confirmed in the Catholic Encyclopedia. It states, it's in the Catholic Encyclopedia now. It states when, Colum- when Christopher Columbus, Cristobal Colon, landed on the island of San Salvador. In 1492, he was welcomed by a brown-skinned people whose physical appearance confirmed him in his opinion that he had at last reached India, whom, therefore, he called Indians. Indians, a name which, however mistaken in his first applications, continued to hold its own and has long since won general acceptance, except in strictly scientific writing where the more exact term American is commonly used. The most marked physical characteristics of the Indian's race are brown skin, dark brown eyes, prominent cheekbones, straight black hair, scantiness of the, of the beard. The color is not red, it, and, and as is properly supposed, but varies from very light in some tribes as the Cheyenne today to almost black and others as the Cado and Terramari. Okay. A lot of this information I just read to you, a lot of things I just told you tonight is irrefutable. You can try to refute it, but you will lose. It's obvious to me that a lot of you have not really done your homework or done your research as you claim you have done. A lot of you claim that you've been overseas, uh, been around the world, and so on and so on. If you have done these things, then you know, as I said it before and I say it again, you will, you will know that a lot of these people do not identify themselves with colors. Only by nationalities and ethnicities. Only.
then we have our Constitution. We have our own laws in the Washita. And I could read the laws off to you. The indigenous people of the Washita, Bita, the Mandia, obey the absolute laws of God. We never need to make laws. You know what I said? We never need to make laws. This is the work of our Creator. We live by the principles taught to all the nations enforced by international natural law. Says here by international na- international natural law. It says here in the book called The Law of Nations, also a must book, a must read for all conscious people, especially all conscious Moors. Okay? It's by, uh, the book is by Itmir D. Vatel. Amir D. Vatel. E M E R D E V A T T E L. Amir D. Vatel, the Law of Nations. Okay, it says here on page 14 in the introduction section, although Vitel claimed this delightful dream was derived directly from human nature, the laws of nations, he acknowledged that the most nations aim only to strengthen and enrich themselves at the expense of others, and that is true. Says it. Valtel defense of natural law. But I just got to read in the, in the first world order. Vitel defense of natural law of nations together with his insistence on state sovereignty earned him a repetition for incoherence. The view of Kant or as many international law theorists writing after the first world war. Many things for being an unconditional supporter of reason, of state, who discuss his evil intention through words of sublime charity. Although the lost nations, Vitel dealt with this issue only in passing. He discussed in Linton several of his writings, notably his essay on the foundation of natural law and the first principles of the obligation of men find themselves under the observed laws. That's all I'm going to read here from this book. Okay? So you know it's the law of nations, what we deal with. Okay. We have love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice. Number one, love. Love God, our Creator, with all our hearts and souls, not placing anything before God, nor beside, but under the Creator. Love our neighbors, ourselves. Never do, do unto others what we not have others do unto us. Okay, the truth. Always deal in truth. Truth is the manifestation of God's will. Do not deceive others. Do not take what does not belong to you and lie. Do not mis. Lead others astray by your lies. 
have a lot of that going on. But anyway, let me move to three. Peace. Peace is the product of self-love and universal harmony. All living things are related. Unity between man and the environment of which God has placed us is required with knowledge of self. Self-respect begets self-love. Self-love begets inner peace. Inner peace begets or brings into being the virtues for universal harmony. Four, freedom. Freedom is earned with responsibility, awareness of one's, one's duties, and purpose leads to the knowledge needed for self-reliance, self-autonomy. Freedom can be given or taken away because you fail to obey. Justice. Five, that's justice. The, the four above or the fifth, justice. Okay. Here's, here's what you're talking about, the history. As your brother, brother uh, a lot of you brothers will be talking about the so-called Indians being the indigenous, the aboriginal people of the Americas. Here's the history of them. Here's the highness talking about them, the empress, peace be upon her. She says here, okay, it says here, her highness goes on to state, many accounts confuse us as descendants of the Mongolians and Siberians who invaded from across the Bering Strait. Yet our oral traditions tell us we have been in Washington, Dita, the Mandia for at least 25,000 years, and we fought long and bitter wars against those from the East. Note, the oldest Americans, or said Native Americans, going back to 13 B.C. was said black. The Folsom people who live in Arizona, some scholars have even stated that the Folsom date as, as goes back as far as 75,000 years in North America. When the pale men arrived in masses, the wars were already 2,000 years old. The European, the Mongolian, and the Siberian, later known as the Red Man, joined forces to, a, to attempt to complete destruction and obliteration of the so-called black and brown Washita and Tunica people. The Great War goes on to this day. We been here uh, have been here and declared that the Empress explaining that the original Native Americans were mostly of a dark complexion. She said the light-skinned Indians of Hollywood fame were minority tribes in the Northwest that were mixed with the blood of Chinese invaders. They made up less than a third of the total population of Indians on the, this land. So-called white folks don't even own black people in America 40 acres and a mule. They need to get off of our land or start paying us some rent and taxes. Certain questions must be asked and equally important. Each question must be answered. Did Abraham Lincoln, Emancipation Proclamation, free the POWs, misnomer slaves in 1863? No. Then what freed the POW slaves? The so-called 13th Amendment. However, it was never ratified in every state, yet it contains the three empowering and liberation provisions of emancipation. 37 Congress. 
One, a revision of the military code of forbidding soldiers to return slaves to slave owners. Two, the, Confisca- the Confiscation Act, which freed the slaves to allow, to allow rebels to jure and freed all slaves de facto who escaped or came into contact with the Union Army. And three, the act of that free all slaves and their families who enlisted in the Union Army. Did the U.S. finish uh, finish paying for the Louisiana Purchase? No. Does this mean that the land was supposed to go back to, into the hands of the Washita? Yes. Thus making the Empress the heir to the 1795 Spanish land grant Mesa Rouge. Her Highness the Empress Beriachitiera, Tunica, Washita, Gustin L. Bay, and all the Washita hold, hold the title to, this, to, the, to the area of the Algany Appalachian Mountains. And we hold it today, to this very day. But those said that we don't have any land in this country. Okay? It's all on record. It's all been recorded. It's all been documented. Look it up. Look it up. You want to know about uh, Benjamin Banneker? He was an he was an Aborigine Indigenous American too. Or did any of you knew that? You thought he was just one of those runaway slaves, uh, one of those, uh, you know, that bought his freedom and all that shit. No, he was indigenous to this land. Let's go into a little bit of his his history. Okay? Some of these, let's go into some of the individual indigenous people or indigenous, indigenous American people. Since you said a lot of you uh, talking about uh, you from Africa and all this kind of crazy mess, and uh, we are not the indigenous people and the so-called Indians are, let's go into this one here, okay? The symbol on the, uh, sorry, Benjamin uh, Benjamin Banaka is found in diplomatic intercourse with the Indians. Benjamin Banaka was his indigenous name. Benjamin Banneker was his anglicized name, like Washita. Washita anglicized name is Washington. Tunica anglicized name is Turner. Get it? Okay, let me move on. Benjamin Banaka is found in diplomatic intercourse with the so-called Indians, the Albany, plan of the Union, the Moor. Khalif Muhammad Ibn Abdullah at Paris, who was mentioned in his almanac and the Continental Congress. The United States of America was to be the last great nation before the galaxical pole shift and realignment of the universe and man. Benjamin Banaka was the grand governor of this society. Benjamin Franklin Banaka was also 
the Grand Governor of the Society of Tammany, or Tamarian, which is a secret society dedicated of the Chief of the Moors that met with William Penn, the father of Quakers, and a Rosicrucian. And in 1683, William Penn, who was referred to as the Mekon himself, pointed out that the indigenous people had very dark skin. Oh, by the way, uh, William Penn is what the uh, the state Pennsylvania is named after. Okay, for those that didn't know. Okay. They, says in parentheses, the English later Muslim sons were adopted, we're talking about uh, so-called white, people, white men, okay, Muslim sons. Or the sons of Europe, or whatever, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm going to read this again. They, parentheses, the English letter, Muslim sons were adopted into the 13 tribes, Lenawabi, the Eagle Clan, being the first of 13 tribes. The name Tamani comes from a Native American leader of the Lenape, Lenabi, or Lenabi, pronounced Lawabi. El Mabi, El Nuba, or Nubian Moors, Nuwabians, also referred to as Saga Moors, the Divine Kings. Now I'm gonna stop right here. Those are the ones those are the ones that uh on on YouTube are always talking about the Nawabian Moors are uh, fake and they uh uh just something that's just uh, uh being created or invented. Well here's your proof. No, they were a part of the original people, too. Okay? Matter of fact, I'm going to read this over again. I'm going to read this over again because of that reason, okay? They, the English later Muslim sons, were adopted into the 13 tribes, Linawabi, the Eagling clan, being the first of the 13 tribes, the name, Tamani comes from a Native American leader of the Lanapi, or Lanabi, Lanabi, pronounced Lin-Wabi, Lin-Wabi, El-Nabe, El-Nabe, Al-Nuba, or Nubian Moors, Nubian Moors. Those are the Nubian Moors, Nubians, also referred to as Saga Moors of the Divine Kings. Nope. The name Penn became the name of the state of Pennsylvania, as I told you earlier. The, the Moors and the ancient Egyptians are one and the same people. In fact, the word Moor is derived from the word Tamor, Tamari, meaning land of the Moors. Said the sad blacks, the ancient name of the Camassians, Egyptians from Wikipedia. The free encyclopedia. So anyway, talking about Egyptians, Tamor, T A T A apostrophe M O R E, Tamore, or Tamor. Moors and Egyptians are one and the same. So when you read in the book, uh, Stolen Legacy by George M. James, 
you can see uh, in one page, uh, pages he said uh, that the Moors are the custodians of the Egyptian occult mysteries. So the Egyptians were back in ancient times, very, very, very ancient times, calling themselves Moors. So Moor is a very, very, very ancient term of a people. Not a nickname. Tamanin or Saint Tamani, 1628, 1698, was chief of the Lenni Lenape, popularly nicknamed a saint. Tamani signed a peace treaty with William Penn in Pennsylvania in 1683. His motto was, Unite in peace for happiness and war for defense. His name was appropriated by New York City's corrupt Tammany Hall. Read this again. Tamanin, or St. Tammany, 1628-1690, was chief of the Lenny Lenape, properly nicknamed a saint. Tammany signed a peace treaty with William Penn in, in Pennsylvania in 1683. His motto was, Unite in peace for happiness and war for defense. His name was appropriated by New York City's corrupt Tammany Hall, Mount Tammany at the Delaware of Water Gap and St. Tammany Parish, Louisiana, territory of the Washita, the state of the Pennsylvania is named after William Penn. And Tammany is named after a boar. Also, according to the Moors, Benjamin Banneker is one. One of two, two of African Moors, or Maui, or Mao, Moors, Moors on the back of the $2 bill. The other one is actually the first president, John Henson, under the Articles of Confederation. Ben Bay is seated Masonically number 13, from the left, first at the table, even so, according to Masonic traditions of Prince Hall Masons, they say that one of the Moors on the $2 bill is Prince Hall. Some esoteric historian in 1951 case, the 1935 cite that the, of the 56 signers, the Declaration of Independence, at least 50 and actually 46 were Freemasons in all Rosicrucians, 36 symbolizing 36 by 10, 360 degrees, where Washita Moorish Sufis Moorish teaching serves as the knowledge foundation of the various Rosicrucian sects. And 20, 10 out of the remaining 20, 20 were Masons, or Mother Sons, or Muslim Sons, Albions, Europeans, English males, according to Hakim. H.Y. Bay, allegedly Thomas Jefferson and Benjamin Banneker, also Benjamin Franklin, according to Queen Valera Bay, worked closely with other Moors 
and the continual and the and the Continental Congress contributing. And whatever was the Declaration of Independence signed in July 4, 1776 A.D., meaning in the year of domination, but George Washington did not become president until 1789. Thus, George Washington was actually what what president? He was actually the 17th president, but the first president under the under the Constitution for the United States of America. A lot of you uh, back to Africa movement, you Pan-Africanists, a lot of you uh, also sisters and brothers that call yourself indigenous but don't want to be Moors and all this here, you're not a Moor. Okay, okay, answer me this. Uh, A lot of you don't know actually what the word Moor means, I don't believe. I really don't because uh, more actually means mooring. It can mean to navigate, a navigator of high sea of the high seas. <coughs> those who are guided are also those who are guided by the North Gate and the North Star, and it also means land and the waters of the earth. Because if you are more, you are the land. If you are more, you are the waters. If you are more, you are the land, the mountains, the hills, the grass, the flatlands, the mountains, the ravines, ridges. And so on, dealing with land. And you also are the water. You are the rivers, the lakes, the ponds the oceans, and the high seas of the earth. That is a more. Now, if you're not a more, then how are you indigenous to this land? I'm just putting that out there for a lot of you people to think. How are you Aboriginal or Aborigine, Indigenous or Autochthonous to this land? Autochthonous means those who spring forth from the soil of the earth. That deals with land. Indigenous dealing with native, uh, natural to the land. That deals with land. Aboriginal or Aborigine, the Aborigine, where the word Aboriginal comes from, because the original word is Aborigine. But anyway, it means from the very beginning, the very beginning original people. But you're not a more. That doesn't make sense. So you must know what you're talking about. Some of you, I heard one of you talking about the Demorish paradigm and the indigenous paradigm. 
Those are two different things, though they're not. They're one and the same. They're one and the same. Oh, boy. Okay. Move along here. You've got a lot of people... um, I mean, it's just, I'm just trying to clear up a lot of confusion because, there's, confusion because there's a lot of confusion that is out here. People are confused, and a lot of that is that a lot of that is our people's fault. It really ain't don't have that much doing with the European, but you have a lot of people like these different people from Moore's World TV, from these temples. You got a lot of people that are always cast castigating. Uh, us that call ourselves Moors, you've got people that always castigating us, our own people now, castigating us and bashing us for those who call for us who call ourselves indigenous, aborigine and aboriginals, or tostinous, you know, uh, all of it got to do with the, uh, with the land, you know, our land-based people. I know I went down to the North Carolina North Carolina last year and year before last and I know our people have land. I know there are, uh, uh I know a sister that has a family that owns acres and acres and acres of land in North Carolina. Vineyards, wine vineyards. A lodium title to those lands. A lodium title to, to those lands means free land. I mean it cannot be taxed upon. That's what you brothers and sisters talking about. Uh, we don't have any land in this country. Yes, we do. And I'm talking from my own personal experience. I was given a lecture about that down there in North Carolina. And uh, the sister's mother, uh, when I said that, uh, that uh, they, uh, they own this land for hundreds of years, and the sister's mother uh, uh, straightened me out on that. She said, no, we own, my family owned these lands for centuries, for centuries. Their family never were slaves. All so-called black people in America never were slaves. Some some were slaves, some wasn't. Some uh, owned slaves, our own people, and, and European and other people too. Because a lot of people, our people always want to relate slavery with so-called black people. Like it's a so-called black people experience, which it is not. The first people who were enslaved were European people, which our ancestors had a great part of. If you read the book uh, Morris and Masary by uh, another friend of mine, uh, Abdullah Il Talib Mosi Bey, 
had one, one part in the book where it says that they had sold one million European slaves to the Moors in Europe. One million. And these are not something he's just saying. That this is uh, something that he has done research on. This is something that he had researched through several archives. I got information from the archives from London, England. And that archival historical section in that uh, part of London, England is 72 miles long. 72 miles long of archives, of historic documents, of recorded history. Looking down, has been recorded. This is not just talk. This is real life evidence. Look it up. Look it up. Do your own research. Yes, our ancestors took a great part of the slave trade. Yes, they did. Committed some of the most barbarous of barbarous acts against other people. And especially European people, which I call white people. Okay. Here it says here, it was based of the Al Moroccan flag, which is a red cherry flag with a five-pointed star in the center. Talking about the cherry tree, okay, what it's based on. Okay, the United States of America had made a treaty with the Lenape, Lenape or Lenabi, or called Nebico Moors of Delaware or Abenaki. Because in Delaware, they called themselves Moors. You go up there and do your research and talk to the people in that part of that uh, part of this country. They've been calling themselves Moors for centuries. Okay. It says here, in 1775, while John Hancock had been president of Congress under the Articles of Association, because there's four constitutions, the Articles of Confederation, the Articles of Association, the Bill of Rights, and the Constitution of the United States for America. For those who didn't know that, I'm just saying that for those who didn't know that. Okay, let me move on. Our ancestors gave John Hancock, the Irish, Celtic, Moorish, Rosicrucian, the name Karandaun, which means great tree, and represented a general covenant, which means contract, between the old American Republic and the new forming Republic of the Caucasians or Caucasians. It is symbolized in the treaty flag, also called the Continental Flag. This flag is called the Continental Flag, and it represented the ancient Moorish Empire's treaty covenant with the provisional government of the United States. John Hancock was the president of Congress when the treaty was made, August 31st, 1775. The red, 
background is reflective of the Moorish flag, which was witnessed as far south as by Colonel Duncan Clinch and General Andrew Jackson at and further into what was then, then the remote west, hence the Lewis and Clark Expedition. The tree symbolizes the symbol of peace, was the cedar tree, which was sacred to the ancient Egyptians and the Phoenicians, and was so-called Seb or Geb. It is also known as the evergreen, symbolic of the which is everlasting. So whenever you see people say, "Oh, that's the Bunker Hill flag," or the or the Continental flag, that's what that flag is about. The Phoenicians, the Egyptians were Moors. If it wasn't for the Moorish science, as me and the brother were talking today, if it wasn't for Moorish science, a lot of these people wouldn't be alive today. They couldn't survive without Moorish science. A lot of people talk about they don't, they're not more, they don't deal with Moorish science. You deal with Moorish science every day of your life, 24-7. You deal with it because it deals with geometry, geography, astrology, astronomy. Deals with, you've got to deal with a lot of astronomical science that deal with agriculture when to plant, how to plant, when to plant certain crops for food, how to grow certain uh, crops, time of the year, uh, such as uh, the harvest season. The Moors brought that to the European nations in Europe during the, during the Moorish Empire when they reigned from 1711 to 1492. We gave Europeans uh, certain ways to operate on heart, dealing with heart operation procedures. How to read, write, arithmetic, algebra, which is an Arabic term, a Moorish Arabic term. How hygiene, soap, how to make soap, body oil that a lot of the people use to this very day as I speak. Did you know that the Moors even introduced fruitcake to the European masses during, its, during the empire, the Moorish empire in Europe? Fruitcake, which is uh, ancient Egyptian delicacy. All of this was introduced to them by our ancestors, the civilization to the people.
If we didn't, they would have starved to death. They wouldn't have survived. And that's a historical fact. You can refute it all you want to. And I'm talking about you Europeans now. Those of you Europeans know the truth. Know that I'm not lying to you. You get, I don't know how many paintings, statues, artifacts of our people all over your countries in Europe, especially Germany. Why hell, you got a you have an ice cream in Germany called Icemore, which means chocolate ice cream. It is called Icemore. Look it up. Those of you that in Germany today, go around. Those of you that know what they call chocolate ice cream in Germany, you already know. Come on. Let me move along here. Under the Articles of Confederation, the United States in 1786 when received a grant, which means a grant means certificate of incorporation, under a different legal status from the Empire Washington D. de la Mundia, the Islamic Empire often referred to as the Moorish Empire by Albions, known as known as Europeans. Let me read this again. Under the Articles of Confederation, the United States in 1786, when received a grant, it says here in parentheses, a certificate of incorporation under a different legal status from the Empire Washita de Damandia, the Islamic Empire, often, often referred to as the Moorish Empire, by the Europeans. See, your European ancestors know this is the Moroccan Moorish Empire. They know. This has been documented and recorded. All this is in in your archives. Library Congress, uh, you know, whatever, what have you. You got a lot of these so-called black African, uh, African and Pan-Africanists say we don't have nothing to do with this country. Boy, y'all talking about Saudi y'all neck. Okay, this grant is called the Treaty of Marrakesh, or Peace and Friendship, and was made in 1786 to last for 50 years, then regranted in 1836 to last forever. Okay, 
So there was no need to resign it. There was no need to resign the peace of uh, 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 the peace of treaty and friendship because it was signed and then regretted in 1836 to last forever. So when somebody asked the question, well, who's signing the peace and treaty of friendship now? Who's signing it as a dollar that don't need to be signed? In 1836, that sealed it. Therefore, it is the longest, longest, lasting, unbroken treaty in the history of the planet Earth. As far as time immemorial, I should say, meaning beyond human records. Or beyond, or beyond human memory. Okay? <clears throat> There's a note. Global Ali, Global Drew Ali traveled to meet with President-elect Woodrow Wilson. Others say that it was President Calvin Coolidge. And here he sat and they challenged him. Drew Ali raised his right hand and left it I mean, in light field the room. Noble Juwali asked the president to teach his asked the president to teach his people and they asked him, Are you willing about are you are you talking about the Negroes? He replied, There are no Negroes, colored folks, black people. Black is not a color and it is an adjective and not a noun. Or Ethiopians. This is a Greek name. They are descendants of the ancient Moabites of Al-Maribides, who inhabited the northwest, southwest shores of Africa and came for the flag of our ancient forefathers. The president stated, it is not yet yet your time. Ali answered, I have been appointed in due time by Allah, the great God of the universe. One of the president's counsels asked, what kind of flag is your flag? Juali said, you have hidden it in your vault. So they went to the vault room. Here they began to bring out all kinds of modern-day flags. Ali stated, you know it is much older than these. They began to dig deeper and came up with a red flag and said, this is the flag of Morocco. The, the prophet stated, I am here for the Moorish flag that which you call a cherry tree. Then they dusted off in an old flag that was red with a five-pointed green star in the center. The president and council stared, amazed at the exactness of the holy prophet. The president, he said, we have had them so long they will not follow anyone else and tell them uh, tell them that they, tell them what would be like, what would be like for pants on a mule. My flock knows my voice. After a while, he left and returned to his people. And as it says, he did not come to ask President Woodrow Wilson or, or Calvin Coolidge, whoever they were, uh, can he teach Islam to his people? He came to tell them that, uh, what he came to teach his people. He 
come to teach his people. He didn't ask. As some of these Moors uh, proclaim, or some of these people from these different so-called uh, black organizations claimed, that are always bashing the Moors, okay? got a lot of people um, talking about, no, you're not the Americans. The so-called Indian Indians. They had, the only relation they had was with the white people that came to the shore. That's a lie. I'll read you something from this book called One Rocks Cry Out by Horace Butler. A must read a must book that all of us should have um, um, in our library today. One Rocks Cry Out by Horace Butler. Okay? Here's chapter 7 of the book. The Malakou Key to the Aztecs. Another Moorish tribe in the Americas. Okay? <clears throat> I mentioned them and. uh the First World Order. And some of you that, that was already on, on the line or some that uh, that you that uh, uh, don't remember. Okay? Okay. Before I heard about the Kali or saw the five letters of Cortes, a young Ethiopian working to earn her master's degree, sent African history books to me, bought the Malaku had heard of my interest in early African history during conversations with my wife, who worked with the university's African, Africa program. One of the books the Ethiopian scholars sent contained an account of two transatlantic expeditions launched from Mali, a country in West Africa, written by Dr. Ivan Van Sertima, a professor at Rutgers who had come from South America. The book including an account of African ships sent across the Atlantic Sea by Bali King Abu Bakari. The ships launched toward the Americas nearly 200 years before Columbus went across the same sea. The two Atlantic Sea crossings by Mali explorers became more important when I noticed that the Moorish black Aztecs had arrived at Mexico in ships about the same time that Mali sent her ships across the Atlantic. Ben Sertima's book introduced those transatlantic voyages through citations from Basil Davis from ba- <coughs> excuse me <coughs> from Basil Davison's The Lost Cities of Africa. <coughs> I asked the Mali Sultan Sultan Musa how it how it was that to his hands, and he replied, we come over a house where royalty is transferred by heritage. The monarch who perceived me would not believe that it was impossible to discover the limits of the neighboring sea. <clears throat> he wished to know. He persisted in his plan. 
he caused the equipping of 200 ships and filled them with men and another such number that were filled with gold, water, and food. For two years, he said to the commanders, do not return until you have reached the end of the ocean or when you have exhausted your food and water. They went away, and their absence was long. None came back, and their absence absence continued. Then a single ship returned. We asked its captain of their adventures and their news. He replied, Sultan, we sailed for a long for a, for, for a long while until we met with what seemed to be a river with strong current flows in the open sea. My ship was last. The others sailed on, but, I, but as each of them came to that place, they did not come back, nor did they reappear, and I do not know what became of them. As for me, I turned when I was I turned where I was and did not enter that current. Van Sertima gave then gave a description of the second expedition sent out by Mali. King Abu Bakari abandoned Niani and journeyed with a great part of his court to the plain at the western edge of Mali, where the first fleet had been fitted out and had disembarked a vast army of craftsmen dwarfing the planet. The workers of the first expedition were assembled on that plane. He had a social boat, a special boat, I'm sorry, built for himself with Tempe on the poop deck shedded by the bird and blazing parasol. He would, he, he would commander the new expedition himself keeping in touch with the captains of the fleet by means of the talking drums. Thus, in 1311, he conferred the power of the regency on his brother, Kankan Musa, on the understanding that Kankan, I mean, I'm sorry, Kankan Musa, on the understanding that Kankan was to assume the throne if, after a reasonable lapse of time, the king did not return. Then one day, Dressed in a flowing white robe and a jeweled turban, he took leave of Mali and set out with his fleet down the Senegal, heading west across the Atlantic, never to return. He took his griot and half his history with him. From conversations with scholars, was no, uh, there was no knowledge of what happened to the ships or the people sent on these transatlantic expeditions. To its important, to its important, to, I mean, it is important to notice that according to the Aztecs, there was only a short sequence of events between the arrival of the Aztecs and the building of the Aztec city. Tenochtitlan in 1325, the Aztec or Mexica were the last of the many nomadic tribes to enter the valley of Mexico. They attempted to settle in one of, one or another of the flourishing city states, which. Whatever they appeared, they were violently driven away as undesirable foreigners. After a whole series of defeats and humiliations, the Aztecs succeeding, succeeded in establishing themselves on an island in the lake. The beginnings of the Aztec capital were very humble. It was, uh, it was founded on a, on a low-lying island so undesirable the other tribes had not bothered to occupy the Mali expedition and the arrival of the Aztecs, 
accused so close to time to consider whether there was a connection between the two events. The Mali transatlantic voyages became critically important when I remembered that the Metric Zoma had said that the Aztecs were foreigners who arrived recently aboard ships, which had come from the direction where the sun rises. From Mexico, West Africa, Mali was in the, that same direction as the rising sun. Spanish writers who saw the Aztecs and who knew the Moors had revealed that the Aztecs even wore the same clothing used by the African Africans called Moors. Historians agree that the Aztecs' capital city, Tadashlan, was built about 1325 A.D. <coughs> that date and a short series of events before 1325 did not exclude the Mali colonists and explorers who launched their two expeditions across the Atlantic Sea toward the Americas. Sometime between 1300 and 1312, there were one thing that bothered me about the Abu Bakari history being the history of the Moorish Aztecs. Mestas Zoma stated that the great lord of his ancestors came on the first uh, ocean voyage and that this lord came again on another ship to take the people back to their homeland. Abu Bakari history states that the, Mali, that the Mali leader did not come on the first expedition. He came with the second Mali expedition. Each Mestas Zoma meant that a leader and not necessarily the leader came with the first group then there was no disagreement with the history from Mali. I was aware that, that, aware that facts often lose some of their accuracy over time. Still, this possibility's discrepancy disturbed me. A month later, I found the Aztec history that removed the doubt regarding whether the Aztecs had an association with Mali. According to a European friar, the Aztecs named their first colony, colony Malinaco. It was no coincidence on an expedition from Mali would name their first colony Malinado or Malinaco, just as it was no coincidence that England named its settlement New England or Spain named its land in America New Spain. The relationships between Mali and Aztecs became clearer, and I saw what a translator put in his notes about Mali traditions, explaining his translation of Santiago, an epic of old Mali the translator wrote. I have used this word mandingo to mean people who inhabited Mali and their language as an adjective to mean anything pertaining to these people. The inhabitants of Mali called themselves Maninka or Mandinka. Mali and Malinke are the Fulani, deformations of the words Mandin, Mandinka, respectively. It is not astonishing to find villages in old Mali which have Mali for a name. This name could have formed been that of a city, an old Mali. There is one village called Malikoma. The explanation gave two viable pieces of understanding. The first name Mali was used with suffix, suffix, uh, 
suffixes by Africans to name cities that could explain the Malinaco. Okay? Mm, so much to, uh, uh, interesting uh, things uh, that I can drop on, on, on y'all tonight, man. It's really interesting, I mean, because uh, excuse me, of the things that a lot of these people have been saying about our people not being the original people on this land, you know, I mean, I mean, it shows you how much they don't know what they're talking about, and they really, really, really need to do their research. They'll probably be amazed themselves, that is, if they're not agents. No. I mean, a lot of our people, I mean, man, uh, you can't continue to blame the Europeans for a lot of our downfalls. The downfalls, I mean, the fall of our downfalls is ours. I mean, you can go. I tell you, you can go on any university, on any university across the country, and ask our so-called African Americans or Black American students on any of these college university campuses, and ask them what is your nationality. Probably only, maybe twenty percent can tell you, actually. You have some that may say, uh, I don't have a nationality. Some may say, uh, I'm black. Uh, some may say, I'm African-American. Some may say, I am Hebrew-Israelite. And so on and so on and so on, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Ask him what the word indigenous means. Or do they know that they are indigenous people? Do they know they are Aborig- American Aborigine people? American Aborigine indigenous people? And they was to say, what is that? What do you mean by Aborigine? What do you mean by indigenous? What do you mean by autochthonous? A lot of you that don't even know what I'm talking about tonight, I I, I advise you to, when you check on YouTube, look at uh, the YouTube uh, program uh, the Atosh, by the Atoshinist one. He drops a lot of heavy science. You know, check out uh, the First World Order radio uh, talk shows on YouTube by myself and Dr. Alim El Bay about the history of the Washita indigenous nation or empire. Check that out. Cut me off, but I'm going to keep talking. Okay. Uh, uh, check out, uh, even check out uh, uh, some things uh, by Chief Nanya, uh, Nanya Il of the Yamasi of the Sikahata Nation. Check out his programs. He drops out pretty heavy, a lot of heavy information and knowledge about our people. 
and I can refer you to these people, and I can refer you to even go to Dave Calloway. You know, they have some things, too. Uh, he has a lot of science, too, that he can drop on you. It's time for us to wake up, to wake up people. Because if we don't, our children and their children and their children's children will not have a chance. They don't have a chance. And you want to have uh, no more information, call 314-644-4425. 314-644-4425. Or you can call 910-364-9099. That is 910-364-9099. Call. And also we have a conference in March during the spring equinox. Uh, the, the Moorish New Year, to start off the Moorish New Year calendar, uh, a, lot, a lot of you will be at no uh, to come down and join us in the Moorish Conference. That is the 23rd and 24th of March, 20, the 23rd, 24th, and 25th of March in North Carolina. Give us a call. We can give you directions where to go, you know, they have a lot of classes dealing with self-healing, Reiki healing, which is Eileen is a, is a teacher in Reiki healing. He's also a, profession, a, profession, a professional in Reiki healing. Him and Kadir both are herbologists. History, you can learn a lot more about history, about our people being the indigenous people of America, and being Aboriginal indigenous Americans in this country. How to heal yourself. More about uh, teachings of what I've been talking about tonight. Just come on on down. Join us. Great food. Uh, uh, you know, very healthy, holistic food. To learn about holistic health. Okay? Just give us a call. Let's go on again. Yeah, uh, uh, these, these, uh, they would, it would show you a lot of things. I mean, it would tell you a lot of things, books, and other uh, uh, writings about our history that you need to know. Okay, like I said, I don't wish to insult. I wish to inform the people, to inform the people. I don't use the word educate. I don't use the word inform. I'm informing you on what's going on. And I'm informing you of those who are always talking about don't think you Americans are the original American people of this land so-called, you are Aborigines. Although a lot of you don't want to be called Aborigines. But Aborigine, indigenous people is who we are. You want to be called black. You want to be called an adjective. If you are noun and not an adjective, then you're not black. Simple as that. 
If you are a noun and not an adjective, then you are not black. There's no such people. There's no uh, such people as black people in any part of the human family. No such people as white people in any part of the human family. No such people as red people. No such people as yellow people. You don't believe me? Go to China, Korea, Japan, or Vietnam, and call call their people yellow, and see what the, the kind of reaction you will get from them. They don't identify themselves with that shit. And you shouldn't identify with that shit neither. You've got a lot of these people always cast against, especially Moors among other Moors, in the Moors Divine National Movement, such as those of the Moors World TV. Castigating Taj Tariq Bay, castigating uh, uh, Brother Sabir Bay, Aline, The reason why they're castigating them because they are doing the thing that is what is right. You'll never hear us on mainstream media. Of course not. You'll hear us on YouTube, Facebook, Internet. But not on mainstream, on, on ABC, CBS, or NBC. Hell no. That's why I believe while uh, Bill Cosby had caused so much hell about all his different sex scandals, sexual harassment suits, all these women came out of the woodwork. Things were supposed to happen 40 and 50 years ago. Those of you that know a lot better a lot of that is the result of buying one of, by the NBC station or one of those other stations. If it was all by Asiatic man, then you know it's all. Then you will begin hearing about us, hearing hearing us on those shows, on that station. They don't want that. They don't want the truth. No. They don't want to hear about, uh, you know, about a lot of things about taxes. And there's no, you know, law on you paying taxes or, or, you know, they don't want to hear about none of that stuff. They don't want to hear that, they don't want you to hear that you are not black, Negro, colored, or African American. They don't want to hear that you are Moors. They don't want you to hear that you are Aborigines, indigenous people. They don't want you to hear the real history, true history of America or Americans 
who the original Americans really are. They don't want you to hear none of that. And they got their agents out here to make things more difficult of getting the news out to you all. Got the sellouts. They want to sell out the Moors to buy a national movement. Like the, these Moors on World TV, on on YouTube. They're talk, always talking about uh, how the prophet taught, straying away from the teachings of the prophet. Some of them don't want to deal with the Washita because they see that the Washita, these are the Monday Moor Empire, Empire uh, strayed away from the teachings of the prophet. Why, hell, the Washita been around for 100,000 years before the prophet came on the scene. Are they out their damn mind? How in the hell they're straying away from the teachings of the prophet? You got those that are always talking about, uh, well, the prophet didn't teach this, the prophet didn't teach that. The prophet didn't teach that, the prophet didn't teach this. How the hell do you know? Or did, you, or did you ever knew the man? You ever sat down with him? Have you ever talked to him? You never knew the man. Most of the people that knew the man, they're all passing to transition. They're all gone. Hell, like you talk like you knew, you actually knew the man. You don't know what the hell that man taught. You wasn't there. Come on, man. Come off the nonsense. Uh, what the uh, people are uh, paying you is too much, huh? Then you won't be making hardly no so-called money. From your, from, your, from your masters. I'm talking about you tail pro operative agents. You won't make any more money no more, huh? Uh, okay. So what you do, you sell your people out. You don't care if our babies are dying by the thousands every day in the streets from the lack of knowledge of who they are. You don't care. And some of you may sleep pretty good, too, at night. Have no conscience. We got so many of us, a lot of us disorganized. A lot of us have our own agendas. A lot of us want to join the Moorish Divine National Movement having their own agenda. You know, uh, they want to discharge debt. Want to discharge a lot of bills. Uh, want to get out of a lot of trouble with the law. You know, they come fleeing to the Moorish Divine National Movement. A lot of them, once they get nationalized, you don't hardly see them no more. Oh, yeah, they joined uh, the Moorish Divine National Movement for different reasons. Not dealing with nationality or birthright principle issues. No. 
trying to see what they all can get out of it, what all they can benefit from it. You know, they don't hang around and help people like Dr. Ali Makadira, El Bay, to build the nation. They don't do that. You got a lot of them want to hang around certain boards to see uh, what, uh, uh, what kind of info, how much information you can suck out of them. So you can start your own schools. You know, this kind of shit. Yeah, you know. But anyway, I hope a lot of you enjoyed the lecture tonight. Uh, Like I said, remember the uh, the, the events on the 23rd and 24th and 25th of March this year down in North Carolina. Give us a call. I already gave the phone number. Those of you haven't heard it yet, or those that came on late, it is 910-364-9099, 910-364-9099, or you can call 314-644-4425, Give us a call. You know, ask questions, and some of it can guide you and direct you to the right direction to know how to get down there, you know. It'll be a lot of fun and very interesting and very enlightening. Things you need to know for the future for your children and your children, children and your children's children, children. Oh, yeah. And help us build a nation. All right. That's all I have for tonight and for, uh, as I always say, Bawasamantakunda, which means peace family. Ehawate washita ish. May my spirit and your spirit spring forth with the jaguar. All right. I'm out. Peace. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.